This week on Ultra 64, we're playing the Aiden Chronicles, the first mage, the game that answers the question, is this the end of Alaron? Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we're taking it on an epic quest to find the cure for poison, I guess, is the plot of this sure. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My name is Steve Guntley. Hello, I am Random Mess of Polygons, Woody Siskowski. <laughs> I yes. like your new look. It's very uh, jagged. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's what happens. My internet connection has really been falling apart, so I just uh, is it, I, I, it's bled, bled over onto my own being. Now, is it difficult to like eat food without a neck? Like, I noticed um, there's no proper like connection point. It's just like one pixel. I don't know what gets through. No, there. I just uh, I just bend down and uh, and pick it up, and then it is consumed. <laughs> I just knock it out of a, a a oil drum that I find on the street. Just consume a whole turkey. Yeah, just squat on a turkey and eat it somehow that you find on the street. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, logic. or I I like River City Ransom. I go to the I go to the shop and order a cup of coffee and consume the entire cup in one in one gold. <laughs> it's one of those edible coffee cold cups, saucer and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta love right. those. Oh, this Man, week. Why couldn't we have played River City Ransom? Oh my God! Yeah, can we? You know what? Let's just like we'll we'll do our due diligence. We'll talk about this game for like five minutes. Then let's just talk about River City the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I think perhaps I think, perhaps like the polar opposite to the game we played this week. Yeah, yeah, it might be one uh, that is full of freedom and fun and uh, a lighthearted goofiness. And this one is not that. The game we played today was Aiden Chronicles, the first mage. This is one of the very, very few RPGs that appears on the Nintendo 64, and it's the very last one that we are going to be talking about on this show. And uh, I wish we could have sent off the genre with a little bit less of a stinky diarrhea, but well, let, apparently let, that's, yeah, not, let, uh, that's not in the cards. A, a few, I don't know, some amount of time ago, who knows what time is anymore, but <laughs> a, a listener um, who I'm sure is a very nice person, as anyone who writes into the show is, yeah. um, encouraged us to give this game a chance. And um, they said, I, th- I believe they said that it starts a little rough, but play through some of that and um, you, you, you'll find some, some cool edges there. And I, I got to say, listener, I appreciate you writing in. You, you are crazy. Like. <laughs> I mean, maybe it takes longer than either of us were able to make it through, but I feel like it's the same problem we had with like the, the Turok Game Boy games on our Patreon. It's like if, if the opening level is so bad that you can't get through it, then it's a bad game. I can, I can, unless this game totally just became a different game four hours in. Yeah. Like, unless it just switched and like, then you just like, and then it becomes River City Ransom. Yeah. I'm not going to be interested in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It would be I a can't totally imagine any change yeah. that, unless all of a sudden the graphics, gameplay, story, and everything else becomes playable and interesting, <laughs> I, I can't imagine what would change. Wouldn't that be cool if that was some kind of like weird meta game where like the game just kind of gets graphically better looking as you go? Like, yeah, well, they did that in the Messenger. Yeah. Like, halfway through the game, it converts into a Super Nintendo game. Exactly, yeah. See, I mean, maybe this is just kind of ahead of that, and we're just rubes, and we haven't played through long enough to play it. But, That's uh, true. No, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no on that. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there are very few RPGs on the console. So, in theory, you know, this one had the space to, like, kind of carve out a niche for itself. But, you know, not all theories pay off in that <laughs> sense. Um, what, I, what I'm going to say is, like, RPGs, I feel like there's certain genres that you associate with having more sort of garbage games. Mm. And RPGs is not one of them. Like, there's certainly RPGs that are less good than others, but I feel like you might think of, like, fighting games, uh, racing games. um, Platformers, yeah, yeah. Platformers as genres. Lots of bad ones, yeah. Sure, but, like, well, I don't know. I feel like first-person shooters usually don't have that layer. I'm talking about, like, the truly like excretable games. Yeah. Like your your Carmageddon's and your dual heroes and your Batman begins. Sure. Because these are games, genres that do not take very much effort 
to poop something out. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's true. You're like, okay, we're just doing this sort of cheap crash grab. Let's port Carmageddon. Whereas, like, this is a game, and most RPGs, like, there's a lot of con to make an RPG. You have to put in a lot of content. You have to think through a story, think through characters, put a big world there. Yeah. So it's pretty hard to just poop out an RPG that just doesn't really work. Um, it, 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 it seems to take effort to be as lazy as this game is. Well, well, I don't know. It's like, I feel like this game is not even necessarily lazy. It's just like everything that it feels like they put effort into feels like such the wrong choice yeah. to put effort into. Like, it seems like a selling point. I'm going to say, yeah, I mean... I think that this game, like, a selling point here is that they wanted to make a huge world. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this game is very impressively big. Yeah. Even sort of the forest that you start out in really gives a sense of, like, wow, I'm lost in the forest. And there's multiple screens, all of which are fairly large. And then you get to this castle, and the castle is just a giant maze of a castle. Yeah. Which again very much mimics how like an actual castle would be but i spent so long sort of going from a kitchen to a bedroom going up to the ramparts getting just confused about where where i where the throne room was oh yeah yeah i like, had that i had that problem as well should not be hard to find people like people keep directing like, you to stuff and like not like they just like oh you you need to go check in on the farmer on your way out of town yeah. What? Who the fuck is the farmer? Where is their house? I don't yeah. know. Or talk to this character. They just give you the name of a character, and you're like, well, great. I have no idea who that is or where they are, but I need to talk to them before I can leave. Yeah. And it's just... Like, and yeah. It, and it's just weird that they're like, okay, we're going to spend time programming in all of these empty rooms and not spend time programming, like, the two-second delay between every turn oh my God. In, the, in the battle mode. Like, <laughs> like, I, I think we don't normally get like quite so ahead of things on this show, but I think sure. I think it's pretty clear that neither of us really liked this game very much. So I kind of wanted to field the question to you, like, what do you think is the worst RPG you've played? Because I'm with you. I feel like RPGs cannot really be tossed off, and there are some that I'm kind of like, all right, this isn't necessarily for me, or maybe this is a little generic. But it's rare that I find one that I think is actively bad. And I think maybe right. just this one is very fresh, but I'm kind of tempted to call this the worst RPG I've ever played. I don't know. What do you think? Um, the the game that comes to mind is a game called Draken for the Super Nintendo, which was a first-person RPG that would kind of just dump you in these big open area, and you just kind of had no idea what to do, and then you just kind of wandered around and died. Okay. Um, I mean, in a sense, it was it felt similar to this game in the sense that it was sort of devoid of personality but it was so op like i this game you have very little idea of what's going on yeah but i do remember draken you literally are just sort of dropped in in the middle of the world and just completely perplexed okay um, and that one so i've never I'm played a, i've seen it on store shelves but i never fine. played it there, yeah. there is no reason to play it um i mean i think I, i've i've i played it maybe 20 minutes of my life but it was enough to not want to play it anymore. And this game, I think, gives it a run for its money. But this game at least has an idea of, like, you're a character. Yeah. I I vaguely, like, before this, I, I would have to say, like, the the game that springs to mind is a game called Kudelka. Do you know that one off the top? No, I've never heard of that game. This is a PS1, like, uh, it's a, a modern-day, like, horror RPG that's set in, like, an old house, which sounds rad. And then mm -hmm. it's just got the worst clunkiest most boring battle system you'll ever find in a game mm. and uh i just kept dying over and over again and i just hated it but i feel like i might <laughs> probably prefer kudelka to aiden chronicles i mean i will say like this is probably an era i bet if you were to dig into where the most shit rpgs were coming it would have been around this time oh yeah because Post this final was fantasy 7 everyone's kind of trying yeah. to get in on it yeah yeah this is one of the few eras where, like, RPGs are considered, like, a bankable genre yeah. as, like, a go-to. Like, we're going to sell a bunch of copies for this RPG. And that's kind of, I feel like, maybe the origins of Aiden Chronicles. It's like what I was saying. Most of these other genres, like your movie tie-ins, are, like, viewed as a cash grab because that seems like something you can bank on, whereas RPGs are not that. But I feel like Aiden Chronicles only exists because... They identified that the N64 was so devoid of RPGs yes. that they're like, okay, here's a niche we can get into, 
and we're only going to put... Yeah, and, like, whatever the game is doesn't matter. We just know we need to make an RPG for this system. I totally agree. That's exactly what it feels like. And this game even came out fairly late. Like, well, jumping into this, Aiden Chronicles was released April 14th, 2001, developed by H2O Entertainment, published by THQ. This is an N64 exclusive. But, yeah, that 2001, like, you, we don't see too many games coming out in 2001, I think this might have been, uh, I'll double check my notes, I think this might have been just before or just after Paper Mario came out. So, like, it kind of immediately jumped in and ate its lunch and just said, oh, no, wait, no, <laughs> there is a definitive RPG on the N64. And guess yeah. what, Aiden Chronicles, it ain't you. Uh, sure. So, yeah, let me see. Uh, Paper Mario, uh, I'll find it, I'll find it. Do we know anything Paper about Mario came that? came out like a month before this. Oh man, yeah. That is, yeah, that's embarrassing. Do we know anything about H two O Entertainment? Yeah, like, aside from that, it brings us life and is the building bone of all <laughs> of all humanity. <laughs> We've actually talked about them uh, in were these two separate episodes or one? I think they were two separate episodes. Tetris Sphere and New Tetris, or were they both? There was all... I, I I don't I don't remember. There there, there I don't was remember. a mess of puzzle games we had for a while. There were, but yeah. I I remember uh, everyone liked Tetris Sphere more than I did, and then New Tetris was kind of just fine. But it's Tetris. It's kind of hard to fuck up too much. Uh, but this company only made two other games besides Aiden Chronicles. There was an obscure PS1 puzzle game called Spin Jam and then a Flintstones Game Boy Advance game. And they shut down in 2001, so kind of almost immediately after this game came out. Well, so did they make Tetrisphere also? Yeah, they made Tetrisphere and okay. New Tetris. Well, see, and I think yeah. Tetrisphere is like a great game and I know we disagree on that but like it does show like a level of I agree that it's better than this yeah yeah oh, that, sure. yeah, oh yeah thousand percent <laughs> it, it, I mean it does show that like this company is capable of doing something competent sure. whereas this game is just baffling so yeah what, what what is it did you do any research into the story here yeah I okay here's the weird thing I tried to uh, and I have to kind of rely on Wikipedia articles. Usually I like to go to the manual if it's available, and that'll be my, my first resource. And the manual, which I was able to find, does not have the plot listed in it. And for reference, Weird. the plot of the, the game that we played last week, Revolt, which is an RC car racing yeah. game, <laughs> had a lengthy plot description that never once came into place. But this yeah. game, with its epic sweep and its complicated legacies and lineages... Uh, not a thing. You're gonna have to figure it out on your own. Uh, so I, I kind of, I kind of got a brief summary off of Wikipedia. Uh, so basically, it's the story of Alaron, who is a young squire for a local king who is sent on a mission to find a farmer who has gone missing. And while he's searching for that farmer, Alaron is poisoned by goblins, and he has a terrifying vision of the kingdom being destroyed. Uh, he awakes in the local hut of a healer uh, named Oriana. She tells him that she's done what she can, but the goblin's poison is incurable by traditional means, and he'll have to enlist the dwarf-like Mirai people of the nearby kingdom of Aromon to use their magic and purge out the poison. So the Mirai agree to help him in exchange for eliminating the goblin threat from their lands. So Alaron needs to build up a party, team up with a wizard, and uh, uh, fight off all these goblins to save the day and cure himself of poison. There's a lot of stuff in the mythology about, like, finding your true name. Uh, it comes up a lot later in the game, like uh, Alaron. It's Aiden. I figured it out. His first name is Aiden. That's, that's his true name. I'm, I have they to give it away right in the title. I have to imagine that's the twist, right? Because I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about that, like, I don't know who the fuck Aiden is. Uh, is no. Aiden the name of the country that they're in? Like, I, I don't actually know the name of this world. Well, in that, I mean, I will say, like, in this game's favor, there's a surprisingly, like, lack of sort of this is not I don't mean this is like a burn even though it's not a genre or a sort of setting I'm crazy about there's just not much super generic fantasy on console RPGs no like it, it, it's surprised like I feel like that sort of became the realm of PC RPGs of like your forgotten realms and your Dungeons and Dragons games yeah. and things like that and sort of the final fantasy in the Dragon Quest anime inspired stuff or like weird steampunk kind of became the standard for uh, console games. Yeah, that's true. And that's very true. And so it is kind of nice to see like, oh, this is a, you, you know, even um, even what's Ogre Battle yeah. also really does have sort of that Japanese anime influence that they always have to have kind of a twist on your traditional like elves and dragons and woodland folk type of thing whereas this game does feel like it's playing it very straight oh yeah in terms of like 
this is your TSR like Infinite Dragonlance series. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly right. Actually, weirdly, uh, uh, TSR they had a hired a TSR writer, a guy named Chris Klug, to write the story for this. Like, uh, okay, he used to work on an art tabletop RPG called Dragon Quest. And so, oh sure, yeah. So he worked on the story on this, but like, it feels incredibly tossed off it's it's a it's your standard like joseph conrad boilerplate like call to action adventure story you make friends along the way you go on epic quests <laughs> you know like blah 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 like it is nothing I mean, you haven't seen a million times before and it also feels very like 1950s or 40s like boomer pulp novels you know like that kind sure. of rendition of fantasy worlds where it's just like everything's just kind of the hobbit yeah, I, I mean, I will say that I feel like the real issue here, like, I, I do think that, I, I imagine that this is a pretty long game and the story sort of expands itself as based on your description. Yeah. But um, I feel like the real issue with the story here is not like the content of the story itself, but the presentation. Oh, God. Like, um, I mean, for just to get, this game looks awful. Oh, it looks like, so fucking bad. That this game came out in 2001. Like, I feel like maybe that was a trade-off of making the game world so big is that everything is just super blurry. You have to like imagine, right? Like, there's really <laughs> bad draw distance. All the character models are ghastly, and there's... Yeah, they're very, they're very unappealing. Like, aside from just sort of looking very pixelated and bad, like, they're just, they're just off-putting. Yeah. Like, you, they're not, they're not pleasant to look at in the way, like you know, you're super deformed. Like, the Final Fantasy VII cloud, like, has a charm about him, even though he looks weird. Yeah, he looks this like guy he's made of Duplos, like, but, like, you still yeah. can tell what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, none of the graphics exhibit any personality, and it puts it, you know, it makes it hard from the beginning, because you're starting in this brown forest, running around, like, this blocky area, and it's just so easy to get lost. Um, I really felt like the opening cutscene in this game, like, was recapping a game that, had come oh, before yeah. it, right? Didn't the he? opening cutscene is crazy because your first char- your first shot of this game, you're following around the chef of the castle. Yeah, this horrifying not... boyardee looking motherfucker with like front and you're like, facing. Is this my main yeah. character? Am I playing? Is this is this like the precursor to Overcooked? Is this Chef's like, Quest? What? Yeah, I want to play yeah. Chef's Quest. Come on. Yeah, that sounds much better. Um, but you don't know who this character is. He's running around the castle talking to all these other characters. You don't know who they are talking about you the main character who you don't know who you are and they're all about how- having flashbacks about things that they were not present for like they keep it's like we quickly see like a montage it's like okay here's Alaron like training with the sword here he is discovering magic here he is uh going on a quest and we don't know who he is or why he's being sent on these things and then like people are just like talking about him in between all these little cutscenes. and but just it's like what yeah he's like He's like a squire. Like you, your role is that you are a squire in this kingdom. Yet everyone, like including the prince, sort of this major knight, is all like obsessed with you having disobeyed the king's orders and gone out to the forest. I know, so like, gossipy. Somehow, yeah, it's like why? Why is the story that I am this lowly squire, yet I am also clearly the the biggest concern for everyone in this castle? Yeah, God, I uh, mean, execute some people, king. You know, come on, yeah. you've got a kingdom to run. You should not be concerned about this kid. You know, yeah. and even like the the impetus for the story, you're going out looking for this farmer. You don't know why you're looking for this farmer. You don't know what right. happened to it. Like, I don't know. There, there's no well, the, context. The presentation on like the cutscenes all just get so lost because there is like a decent amount of text here. Yeah. But there's there's no voice acting. I, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to expect that. No. But um, it, it just seems like it feels like a wall of text that you just is so hard not to want to skip through. Yeah. Um, because everyone just talks too much about boring shit, and like, all you get is these little pixelated icons in of their of their head. But what else is crazy is even on sort of the cutscenes for the game, the camera doesn't seem to work right. Right. Like these are these are the moments when they have set cameras. Like I get it when like your camera doesn't quite work. Um, you know, as it's trying to follow your character around. But there's cutscenes where, like, this giant sort of other world... I got transported into this other direction, and this sort of otherworldly being came into place. And, like, they were not centered on the camera at all. No. Or there was another scene where I was talking to the king, and for, like, mm, 10 seconds while the king was talking to me, the camera just cut and showed me a close-up on his 
back. Oh, yes, it did like, that to I me, too. I couldn't see anything. I thought something was going wrong with my cart or something. Like, I didn't know. There was another cutscene with, like, a conversation between two people. And instead of focusing on either of the people, it shot the negative space between them. Yeah. And occasionally yeah. their arms would bob into the frame. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and it's just crazy because somebody made the choice to put the camera there. Yeah, like, no one is not, controlling it, that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Sometimes um, I would try to get like my mom or my parents or because I was I was a lonely child um, into video games and I would be like I would show them something and they'd be like, well, I just I'd be like, why don't you like video games? Like, it's cool. You're going on an adventure like it's epic. And they'd be like, well, I just don't care about any of these things that are happening. Yeah. And I never understood that. And then I played Aiden Chronicles, <laughs> and it's just like, they, you know, video, basically video games are an illusion, right? Yeah. It's all just like a. The, the trick of video games is, like, this is all just computer program. This is all just, like, pixels on a screen. But by, like, giving it life and presentation, we're making you care about it and think that something exciting is happening. Yeah. Whereas playing this game, it essentially feels like playing a debug mode. Like, it's still... Like, they have the art assets done, but they sort of forgot to put in any of the facts that make it interesting. Yeah, there's not that extra layer of polish. And you can tell they just wanted to kind of cram this game onto the system before it died, you know, and maybe try and recoup some of their losses. Just because I don't think anyone would have paid money for this on the PlayStation, where you have no. a million other better choices, you know. Yep. And, and this is the fifth choice out of five, but, like, that's still a better batting average than most. You know, yeah. so I imagine they just tried to cram it in as quickly as possible. But man, they made so many cuts here, like it took quality in to to pack in this epic story. So like according to how long to beat, this game has about sixty hours of gameplay. And for once yeah. I actually fully believe that. I also believe that there's only about seven hours of content here and the rest is slowly walking or opening your inventory. Like sure. I think that's oh, yeah. gonna take up all the rest of your time. Because every time you pick up an item, open a chest, press the start button, you have to watch a scroll rise from the bottom of the screen and then slowly unfold. And then you get your cursor. And it's like almost a five-second process every time you have to press pause, which you have to do frequently to, like, access your inventory. And Alaron has one speed, and it is, like like trudging through a swamp like that is the the fastest he goes and i thought okay maybe there's a boost button so i press the z trigger no the z trigger makes him go slower he well, starts that's your stealth steve I, that allows you to sneak around your enemies who's not gonna see this kid he's got like a weird mop top and he's just made of ungodly like not like horrible lovecraftian angles to him you know he is a horrifying looking boy everyone yeah. looks like they have goat legs in this for some weird reason like i don't think that's I don't think this is a, a nation of, like, uh, satyrs or anything like that. I think this is just <laughs> really bad pants rendering. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, the pants renderer really dropped the ball is what I'm saying here. Like, I don't want to put him on blast. Jeffrey, the pants <laughs> renderer. That's his card. It just says Jeffrey, the pants renderer. That also <laughs> sounds like a weird, like parody or like character from a Sergio Aragones comic is like Jeffrey the Pants Renderer. I was thinking an <laughs> Oprah Book of the Month club. He was oh, a sure. Why not? He, he was a lonely pants renderer who met a, a widow and her young child. Um, well, I mean, sp speaking of rendering pants, let's talk a little bit about um, the combat here. Oh, God. Because that can render it, my pants all day long. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you start out, you just, you're just, I, I can never remember his name. I just want to call him Mr. Aiden. Yeah, there you go. Um, you're running around and you're fighting giant rats or bats. And Steve, what percentage of attacks would you say you landed on your opponent slash your opponent landed on you? I'm going to say 10%. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're lucky to get double digits here. It is I, insane how many of your hits miss. Like, it's not, we're not even kidding about this. Like, this this is not an exaggeration at all. You will miss almost every one of your attacks, and they will miss on you as well. So the battles are ordeals, especially if there's more than one enemy on screen. Like, it is utterly ridiculous. So, it, it, I mean, the you don't feel like they kind of were making some effort to do something interesting in this battle system because rather than just a menu-based battle, you're actually um, seeing your character out in the I mean, it is kind of ahead of its time in that regard. Like, it kind of reminds me of a Final Fantasy XII or something like that 
where sure. you have a you have like an um, area of effect that you mm-hmm. can walk around in and you can position yourself in certain ways that could be advantageous for you when you decide to attack. Right, like so, I think you deal more damage slash probably are more accurate when you're attacking an opponent from the back. But it also means that like each of these battles start with like a good a good distance between you and your opponent, and you have to walk towards the edge of your ring, end your turn. And then the opponent has to take a turn to walk towards you. And then once you're finally close enough, you can walk towards them and attack and miss. But it's like just getting next to your opponent takes far longer than it should have. And every every turn switch between you and your opponent or once you get more characters in your party to the next character takes far, far too long. Oh, God. It. Well, and think of like, uh, yeah, you mentioned Final Fantasy twelve. The thing I was thinking of was XCOM or like uh, uh, Fire Emblem, so almost like a strategy RPG, in the sense that like you both have these fields of these these ranges that you can kind of be within. But the thing is, like XCOM and Fire Emblem, you have a sense of strategy with that because you can see what their ring is. You can see how far their range goes, so you can position yourself just outside and kind of strategize your moves from there. You don't get that here. You just have to kind of blindly guess. And your ring, incidentally, also keeps changing sizes. So, like, sometimes it'll be really small and you can barely move. And I wasn't sure if I was, am I paralyzed or am I just engaged in an attack right now? This game does a horrendous job explaining any of the mechanics. Like, I do think that there's evidence based on very little, but based on the amount of options in my menu, that there is some, like, tactical mechanics to this. But, like, the game never teaches you what any of those are. They never say, oh, if you attack from behind, it deals more damage. Yeah. Um, there's never evidence. Yeah, it never explains why your ring changes size. Like, I think that opponents block you. But, again, none of that is explained. The learning of new spells is not clearly explained or new skills. Um, when you gain levels and experience, you can actually put it into, ver- um, you know, separate... Uh, skills like rather than just getting everything leveled up at once you're like okay i want to put it in dexterity or something so i hit 12 percent of the time yeah yeah exactly um but like so i do feel like oh okay there does feel like there's something here that like you could kind of work with and maybe get engaged with yeah but like the core aspect of this game is so unpleasant to look at listen to and play that i would never ever want to get engaged with those systems no like it's so weird to be like i feel like it's not i'm doing this game a disservice in some way because like i'm just dismissive of whatever good qualities it has to offer but it's like i those don't even matter because this game just sucks your will to be yeah and i mean look it it doesn't matter like how much strategy there is like i do not enjoy walking around these fields or like looking at these figures and and I don't know. I, I don't know that there is going to be too much tactical uh, uh, like edge to this because so much of it is just like walk up to the enemy, press A, walk up to the enemy, press A. Like that's kind of all it is. Like that's. Well, I mean, you get different characters. You get like a thief or I got this mad, you know, this mad potion guy yeah. who I imagine like they learn different skills and things like that. But I will also say like even if this game does have some sort of in-depth strategy going for it in some regards it doesn't have any more than a thousand other rpgs that you would much rather play yes that look better and sound better and yeah let's talk about the sound for a second here because sound (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um it's music really you know is a fundamental part of rpgs like i feel like for an rpg to work it really has to be the complete package because you need it's it's all it's one of the few genres where i feel like presentation is actually more important than the gameplay yeah um because you just need something to sort of keep you going and keep you engaged and give this epic sense of scope when you're just kind of walking around grinding uh uh, to gain levels and like this game when you're running around the overworld or the forest has no music no you you occasionally hear a bird chirp but like that's that's it that's all you get and like even more than the presentation, I feel like RPGs in particular, ever since Final Fantasy, like music has become part of the flex. Like this is where this is where like uh, game musicians go to show off because, you know, you can kind of create these iconic themes and that people are going to be playing your game for 80, 90 hours, you know, and you're going to want it. You're you're going to get immersed in it. It's going to get stuck in their head. It's going to become this beloved thing. 
And the and fact I mean, eventually, that this is the like, first thing that they cut, like, to fit all this crappy-looking <laughs> game into this cartridge is, like, well, like I mean, we get little bursts of music, right? Like, during battles. Well, yeah, battles. but, like, the bursts yeah. of music essentially run at the same loop as, like, the Pokemon Red-Blue Cave theme, yes. which I believe is boop, 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 yeah. boop, boop, boop. And it's amazing how short these music loops are, and... I, I was having a tremendously unpleasant time playing this game. Yeah. And then I put on my headphones and just switched it to listen to a podcast from my phone and found that uh, my experience improved dramatically. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> like, I actually had something to be engaged by. My experience improved dramatically when I started reading all of the dialogue like Tommy Wiseau because nice, it nice. really reads like that. Okay, like you pointed this out on uh, on Twitter the other day, like, this is, and I think you put it very well, this is a game that does not respect your time. Like, look, RPGs, you're you're not here for the brevity. You're here for, like, these gigantic-ass games that are going to take you hours and hours and hours to complete. I get that. But nobody in this game has anything worthwhile to say, and all of the conversations are very cyclical. It's always, like, it's always back and forth, back and forth, and then one person just gives up on the train of thought. Yeah, well, let's, I mean, I'll share the the specific moment that I shared yeah. is like right when you walk into the town, you see sort of this generic dude at the bridge and you're like, oh, I've entered the town. I'm going to be able to talk to someone. I bet this guy on this entry bridge to town has something interesting to say. So you go up and you talk to him and he says, <clears throat> this is Ultra 64 theater here. Mm. Excuse me, has the king sent you to talk to me? And then your character says, no, what are you talking about? And then the guy says, oh, are you not like, do you not know? And you say, what? And then he says, leave me alone. Yeah. And then the conversation ends. It's some amalgam of that. And this is not a character who matters. This is just, it's this guy's guy sprite is reused for many other characters. But he, you spend four lines of dialogue learning nothing, being confused. And this is the first guy you talk to when you enter the town. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this happens with every character. I tried talking to everybody. There was one lady I went and talked to, and uh, I was just asking her where the castle was. And the castle was behind me. Like, I could see it. It was, we were on a hill. It was right there. And Oh, yeah. You go to the castle, and you talk to these guards. Oh, the who guards. Who are just standing uh, there. I love the and guards. And you're like, and you're like, excuse me, could you provide some insights on what it's like to stand guard? And that's literally your line of dialogue. And they, and they say, say like, I don't know, some bullshit I don't care they about. They literally just say something like, oh, we just stand here and guard people. Like, Yeah, and then your character says, oh, thanks for your insights. Dialogue over. Multiple guards. I had that exact same conversation with multiple guards. Or it may have been the same guard and I just got lost in the castle. It's entirely possible. <laughs> but, I, I found myself being very irritated with how polite Alaron is because he has to end... He has to start everything with excuse me and end everything with oh thank you. So that's two extra dialogue boxes you're tacking on. Like most RPG characters, you go up and talk to somebody, they're the only one talking. You kind of just understand, you know, that your character asked a question or this person's sharing their thoughts. We need the full back and forth with all the pleases and thank yous for every part of it because this game is just a waste of time. Right. I, I will like this game does it does kind of have a unique identity in the sense that it does feel like a game that is willing or was is willing to show you all of the boring shit that other games cut out. Yeah. Like yeah. that 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 does kind of feel like a choice. Like in the same way that like Red Dead Redemption is like, okay, we're gonna show you like skinning these animals and make this a part of the game. Yeah. Like this is a game, okay, we're gonna show you walk walking around the castle to meet all your party members. Like, whereas other games would just be like, here are your party members, choose from them. Yeah. Because, like, they care about your time and they want you to spend it doing engaging things. Aiden Chronicles does not give a shit about that. And just, you know, because, yeah, th there's just no effort to streamline the story in any way. So, no. like, it does feel like a game, if you were super obsessed with this kind of bland fantasy world, this game really does feel like it's putting you in that bland fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, you walk around, you just talk to people, and, like, there are extra dialogue options where you have to convince people to join your party, even though the king just ordered that they had to join your party. Like, you shouldn't have to be convincing them. They should just be like, all right, fine, I'll come along, you know? Well, and but it's yeah. weird because, like, I couldn't follow this either because it's, you, like, I went and I just recruited the first people I could find because it was hard to find people. Oh, yeah. And so I went and talked to a lady and, I'm like, will you join my party? She's like, no, I won't join because this other character who I don't know and I've never heard of is sick. 
And so then I just picked a different dialogue option. And she's like, oh, yeah, good point. I'll join you now. And you're like, well, great. That w- <laughs> I'm glad we had this talk. Yes. Like, yeah, I had to do the same thing. You have to kind of convince her to go with you, like, which is just kind of irritating. I mean, I'll say a nice thing about this game is that they they do have a lot of characters. Like, I do like having a robust selection of characters to choose from. And there's like 12 or 14 here. And they're all pretty distinctive, and they all have their own, like, skills and, and uh, bring their own stuff to the party, which I, I like. But, like, with no with no voice acting and no sort of musical theme for any of them and the graphics looking so shitty, yeah. like, none of their personalities really come through. No, they really don't. You know, you, you get the, like, uh, the, the older knight is kind of grouchy, but he's, like, loyal and... And then, of course, because this is the laziest kind of fantasy world nonsense, there's a, a girl with, like, bikini armor who follows you around. Yeah, who, like, like it, Her breasts look like they're her shoulders. Like, yeah. her shoulders have just extended forward. Yeah, she's um, extremely like Her do not have the right placement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, she's just got terrible posture, but a, a, a rockin' bikini bod, apparently. Uh, yeah, so I mean, they've got a lot to choose from. Like you said, you you chose like the uh, the the crazy chemist guy. I didn't even have him in my party. I had the the wizard lady, and then the knight, and then the thief lady. Um, so like, I I like that they have that. Uh, I like that they have a lot of spells in this game. There's 50 different spells that you can try out in this game, uh, which is far and away like more than you get in your traditional rpg like there tends to be like maybe a dozen different spells or, or different intensities of like fire spell you know uh but this one has okay i, I feel few. like a dozen might be underselling it a little bit i feel like the last game that had a dozen was like dragon warrior 2 right yeah like... yeah yeah even then it's like not many so this has like a lot of spells and you can kind of learn them by working your way through the world but like I, there, there's always the chance that this game like opens up in hour ten and like suddenly everything clicks and like it all makes sense. But like, I cannot imagine forcing myself to play this game that long to make it. And we played this game longer than we usually do, you know, because it's an RPG. We wanted to, and because we're recording separately, we wanted to put in a little more time with it. And honestly, because we got that letter, like, this game does have, I have no idea how big the fan base is, and I'm sure it's small. Yeah. But, like, if you look on Amazon for this game, there's about 30, like, five-star reviews. Some of them are just, like, game worked as promised, was shipped quickly, but some of them are, like, pretty in-depth explaining the reason that people like this game, and those people are, I don't know, I don't know. I guess it's just, this game is, and those reviews are wonderful evidence the, the, the game that implants on you when you're 12 and you spend a bunch of time playing it, you, you just your opinion of it's not going to get shaken. Yeah. It's, we, all have, we all have those games, and for some people it was Aiden Chronicles. And that makes me very <laughs> sad. That makes me very sad that somebody got stuck with that, you know, because uh, this is just, it's not a good game. <laughs> it's a really unpleasant, like, slog of a, of a game to kind of get through. And uh, I, yeah... It, Even, like, thinking back on Quest 64, which was previously the most generic RPG on the game and the system, like, at the very least, that game was colorful. Yeah, that would be the adjective I would also use to describe Quest 64. It was was vibrant. It had green and blue everywhere. And, like, you know, your character had kind of a cutesy design. Like, he was boring looking, but at least there was kind of a sense of fun to it. Like... Everybody here looks simultaneously like over and underdeveloped. Like like they're trying too hard to bring like an elaborate hand-drawn sketch into this really chunky 3D model and it just looks kind of monstrous. Yeah. And like this game clearly has more scope and sort of complexity than Quest 64, sure. but it is just not inviting in any way. No. And Quest 64 like what you finish that game in like 10 hours or something like that, less than that. That, that was one of the big yeah. complaints at the time. I'm just thinking like, man, I would love, you know, I well, I wouldn't love this game if it was short, but I would be able to <laughs> tolerate a little <laughs> bit more. I would love this game if it was I don't know. I don't think there's any length that I would love this game being at. I'm really but... curious if anybody out there in the world has beaten this game like all the way through. I'm very it looks like only 100,000 well, copies sold, which is not a lot. Uh I can't imagine anyone has seen this all the way through to the end game, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody, I, somebody out well, there is. I, I know those you. Amazon reviewers would correct you if they're wrong because <laughs> they somebody was talking it. about how they're on their second playthrough. So I'm pretty sure it's like the whole just the team that developed this game. Like, that's they have bots. Be. Yeah, they have, they, they have the, the THQ and H two O bots were like, yeah. or this guy who was just like. 
um, hasn't been who worked for H2O, hasn't been doing anything for years, and was just like, hey, I'm I'm turning the tide on this Aiden Chronicles game. I'm setting up a whole bunch of Amazon accounts. And just, yeah, <laughs> this is how we do it. This is how we win. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything else to say about Aiden Chronicles, the first and no. last mage? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's rank this thing. Let's rank this rank motherfucker. Um. <laughs> yes. So uh, this is my new number one. I think we can all yeah. obviously tell. Yeah. Wow. Me too. Wow. Oh, crazy. No. Uh. For me, I am going. We have currently 287 games on this list as we're uh, zeroing in on the end game here. This one is going to go at number 279 for me. That's right below the quarterback club games and right above Duke Nukem Zero Hour. Yeah, those uh, games were all bad. I would, yeah, mark this moment. I would rather play those incredibly shitty football games <laughs> than play wow. Aiden Chronicles again. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really awful, really terrible game. Um. All right, so... Speaking of number one games, yeah. um, my number one game is NBA Hangtime mm-hmm. because I feel like, uh, you know, it's ahead of Super Mario 64 because I feel like it represents something like personal about me and like what I enjoy in video gaming, yeah. which is like, this is fast paced, it's easy to pick up, it's accessible, and it's very exciting, but it has depth to it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Aiden Chronicles essentially represents everything I hate. Yes. Which is, it is incredibly slow. It has no respect for your time. It doesn't explain any of its mechanics, and the presentation is awful. Mm. So in that spirit, this is my new bottom game. Really? Um, the worst yeah, thing in Carmageddon? Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, well, again, I, I don't understand what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. same spirit. Like, no, this game is better than Carmageddon, because that game was a rank pile of garbage. Oh, yeah. But, like, um, I would rather play Carmageddon, because, like, that game in- inspired a feeling of some kind of like it, it's at least fast paced you can show it to friends and be like look at this pile of garbage you could never show Aiden Chronicles to someone and be like oh check out this game for a laugh no like, no it just it's just such a lifeless thing that I I just can't imagine ever being a situation where I would want to play it there were moments in the cutscenes and with like some of the dialogue where I was thinking like this is almost like so bad it's good like, this is almost amusing in that way, but then you have all the gameplay around it. Like, you wouldn't be able to get anyone to sit still to get to the funny, like, uh, or the unintentionally funny dialogue and, like, bad bits like that. The terrible camera placement and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. It, I agree with you. It, yeah, no, I it, it, I was, I did not expect to enjoy this game very much because, like, I am just not a fan of sort of bland RPGs, but I also didn't expect it to be as terrible as it was. No, yeah, I, I was very shocked. I, I did not think... Uh, I'd ever be longing for the days of Quest 64, but I definitely would much rather play Quest 64 than this one. Uh, All right. Well, we have a couple of letters to dig into here, and I'm going to sneeze, but maybe not. Uh, Hey, Stephen Woody, if there's a guest with you as well, hello to you too. There isn't, but thank you. Uh, Hello, it's me. I'm the bridge keeper from Aiden Chronicles. Did did somebody call me in the letter? Yes. Oh yeah. no, that oh, yeah. wasn't. I had a, oh, I, had a, no. oh. I had a question to ask you. Um, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, where are you going? What's going on? Uh, I'm just standing at this bridge, waiting around for someone to call me. Did you call me? No. Oh. Okay. Well, leave me alone then. Okay. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> that's Great. exactly right. That's my new. That's my new SNL character. <laughs> is bri- bri- waiting bridge guy at from Aiden Chronicles. <laughs> That'll that'll play well. Uh, I just listened to your Majora's Mask episode and heard you guys talk about your hopes for the next Breath of the Wild. This got me excited for the sequel and made me think of, of a bit of a specific question for you guys. My question is, would you rather they stuck with the same map as the last time or changed it up? My hope, based on the trailer, is that there will be some underground, possibly co-op exploring. Hopefully that wasn't too specific for you guys. Happy holidays to you and your families. And that is from Jonas in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until I saw this letter and now I'm kind of like, yeah, it kind of would be boring if Breath of the Wild 2 just used the same map again. And that's kind of what I was envisioning as well, just based on the very brief footage that we saw. That didn't even occur to me as an option that they would use the same map. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, seems crazy to me. Yeah, I can't. That that. But I mean, at the same time, it is such like a huge world, like you can... You can mix up the events that are happening in the world. You could advance to a different time or a different like location and kind of mix up the topography. But I think it would be more interesting if you are exploring kind of like a, a subterranean realm or something like that. I mean, I feel like that as many good things that Breath of the Wild has going for it. I feel like it's the exploring new areas that's kind of the heart of it. Yeah. 
And so to sort of, I mean, people have explored that game top to bottom yeah. and like, I feel like you need you need new content to or a new map to explore to really make the sequel worthwhile. I will also say um, there's there certain genres of games I don't feel like play great in co-op. Like they always seem like they would be really neat, and then you sort of play them and do this big open world thing, and you realize that hey, this didn't really work for co-op because we're both kind of doing our own thing. Right. Um, I feel like there's some games that really work well for co-op, um, like your Halos. Oh, yeah. And some that seem, seem good in theory but don't quite click. And I feel like co-op Zelda is probably going to fall into that trap. It's kind of like uh, co-op Resident Evil, you know, where it's it just sort of, it, it's functional, but it kind of defeats the mood that you're going for. Like, yeah, like I, I think I think it would fall in the same realm. So I kind of hope it's just single player as well. Maybe you can toss some like multiplayer mini games or something goofy on there, but uh yeah, I don't think it needs to be a co-op experience. I mean, I think that Breath of the Wild felt so fresh. It really does. I I mean, Nintendo is, I don't know, they usually mix up what they do with those sort of major games, but I feel like it would definitely be welcome to basically be, hey, it's the same game, just with a totally new map. Yeah, yeah, totally. I feel like people would be all about that. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Well, thank you, Jonas. Our next letter says, hi, guys. I dug through my old gaming mags and pulled out a copy of NMS, that's Nintendo Magazine System, which we had in Australia, and it rated our Marines as a 95 out of a 100. <laughs> I always remembered it being a bad rental and a disappointing Turok 2 engine game, but I guess my memories were wrong. Look forward to seeing it placed near the top of both of your lists. <laughs> and that's from Jesse. And he sent along uh, some screen caps. I'll, I'll post them on Twitter of uh, uh, the, the full review of our Marines from this uh, Australian magazine. And they're wrong. They're wrong about this. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I don't know how you would get to a, a 90 in our Marines. Like, I don't know how you'd even tip the scale of, like, this is a, a positive good game. No. But, like, especially it's sort of to that level. No but way. I'm, yeah. We stand corrected by that old Australian gaming mag. Who are we to argue? No, no, yeah. I think we got to <laughs> mix it back up. Our, our Marines number one, both of us. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, followed, followed by Aiden Chronicles. Yes, both, but, both exceptional games. I mean, games. I do think it is, it is worth talking about. Like, I feel like the, the gaming magazines of the 90s, like, us being young people, I don't know if we were aware of just like the fundamental laziness that seemed like it went into those reviews. Like every Nintendo Power, like even like the shittiest games like Bart versus the World or something, all of the sort of whenever they someone would talk about the game like in the in the written review, they would always be like the most coded sort of language of it, it just I never figured this out when I was a kid they're like oh the graphics aren't great sometimes the gameplay is a little sluggish but all in all it's a pretty good time right and like if Nintendo Power says that you're like this is the biggest pile of garbage that's you, that you totally have made. to read between the lines like a, 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 re, a review score of five is like this is the worst game ever play ever made because like they're very gentle and they're also a corporate like marketing tool you know like you need to sell your Nintendo games and you don't want to give bad reviews to your products in your own magazine it's like how Game Informer is owned by GameStop, and you're like, well, maybe this is a conflict of interest yeah, of some a, kind. Just a tiny bit, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that, Jesse. I appreciate it in the screen caps. We have one last letter here. Hello, Steve and co-host. Just kidding, Woody. See, I think I, I think that's going to be the new bit now. People forget one of our names, one or both of our I, names. I like it. I like it. As long as, it, as, long as it's you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Just wanted to thank you guys for the work ethic you two have, held, have uh, dishing into every episode each week. I'm happy that you two will be moving on to the Wii U. It's a console I'm not too familiar with, but I'm aiming to collect for next. I've been collecting complete and box Nintendo 64 games, and your podcast has introduced me to a few games I had to pick up just by how fun you made the episode, not even the quality of the said game. Oh, thank you. <laughs> don't, don't pick up Aiden Chronicles. Don't I don't know do how fun this episode is, but I'm warning you. <laughs> I, I also want to correct Woody when he said Turok Rage Wars has functional co-op. This is not true since Turok Rage Wars has a game-breaking glitch in its co-op mode. I know that's what he. I know what he meant, though. I'm not just pulling a leg here. Uh, Our Marines is an awful uh, I, game. I was never fond of as a kid, but I got stuck with a friend that came over every day, always playing what he wanted. And for some incomprehensible reason, he always wanted to play Our Marines for two straight weeks. It was ooh. awful. I still have nightmares. Space, <laughs> Space Station, Silicon Valley, and Banjo Tooie are still my favorite N64 games, and Our Marines is my bottom of the list. You two were still too nice to it. Uh, my question to you two this week is, what is the most memorable boss battle of your childhood? Mine is Mr. Patches from Banjo-Tooie, the giant inflatable dinosaur in a sketchy, witchy theme park. Put the cherry on top of the most memorable thing in Banjo-Tooie. 
especially the way the, the way the patches talks still rings in the back of my head from time to time. Thank you for reading. It's always a, a relaxing Saturday night, getting home from work to drink wine and listen to this podcast, which has win, been one of the better parts of 2020 for me. And that is from Richard. Thank you, Richard. That's very kind. Thank of you, you, Richard. I feel like uh, that lends us an air of like sophistication. Yes, like, yes. He's sitting down, like stirring our martinis and like little smoking jackets. Indeed, yes. Quite, quite. My monocle <laughs> fell out as I farted. Yeah. Yes, and see that. And there I we will go. say also, um, I think that the Rage Wars we did talk about that game breaking bug. I think that was the thing that you had to send in to get a new cartridge for. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's with the gray cart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, do you have a particularly memorable boss battle that you uh, remember from your childhood? Yeah, um, the one that comes to my mind is many of the bosses in Contra Three. Mm. I feel like that game really, the boss battles in that game really deliver. Um, I feel like. The level that delivers the most is when you're riding on these missiles through the sky, jumping from one exploding missile to the next. Oh, yeah. But I feel like the boss level there isn't great, so I'm going to go with the level three boss who's like this giant skeleton robot who rips through the background of the level. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, and um, the boss uh, in Turtles in Time when you throw foot soldiers at Shredder. And, oh, uh, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. That's, that's a good that's one. That's a great part. Um. For me, I think I would have to go with uh, Kraid in Super Metroid. Just like this gigantic towering green monster thing with these like long arms and like then it kind of keeps crawling after you after it dies. And it's like it freaked me out. Like and that's Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time. And that's one of my favorite boss battles of all time. It's not particularly hard. It's just he's so towering for the Super Nintendo and like so intimidating and God, I want to play that game. I'm going to play that game. Yeah, it's, God. Yeah, it's a great game. Also, just thinking about, like, wow, that game has so much stuff going for it. Like, I forget how, like, it's full of awesome boss battles, too. Right, yeah, it's got everything. It's got the it's got the whole deal. All right, well, that is all we've got for this week. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can always send letters to ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know what? While you're at it, head over to iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. That's uh, We've been getting some really nice ones lately, and that always helps our <laughs> yeah, profile. Yeah, take after the people uh, rating Aiden Chronicles on Amazon. Yeah. If, if, Aiden, if Aiden Chronicles can get five stars, surely Ultra 64 can too. We're the Aiden Chronicles of people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to tune in next week because uh, I'll be, be still my heart. We are playing the last sports games on this system. We're finally done with sports and guess what? It's going to be hockey. We're going to be playing NHL blades of steel 99 and NHL 99, two final sports games. I never have to talk about sports again, except on <laughs> like three times on the Wii U. That's it. Like that's the real reason that Steve chose the Wii U. He just Google searched list of video game sports games yes. and then picked whatever console had the fewest of it them. It has very few sports games. It has very few racing games. So we're going to be getting a nice reprieve from both of those genres for a little bit. Um, so tune in next week for that. We're closing off sports with a little hockey. In the meantime, uh, is this the end of our podcast? I don't know. I, I, Why are you talking to me? It's, it's, uh, okay, fine. Thank you.